You are listening to Beltway Beef Commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. I am Ethan Lane, Vice President of Government Affairs for NCBA, and joining us this week is Danielle Beck, Senior Executive Director of Government Affairs and our lead in the Washington, D.C. office for all things appropriations. I thought that'd be a good place to start out this week, Danielle. Welcome, first of all, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. Hey, Ethan, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you. Did you uh, get plenty of beef over the holiday? I did. We had a delicious prime rib on Christmas. It was awesome. How about you? That's what we like to hear. I, I did a beef <laughs> wellington actually this year, which I haven't done in a few years, and it was absolutely delicious, but not really photo worthy by the time the crust uh, was was uh, finished being mutilated by yours truly. Uh, but it was but it was delicious to eat, and that's the important part. That is, yeah. It was our first Christmas in our new home, my husband and I, and we uh, we had my parents up. I made my first prime rib ever, hosting my first holiday. So uh, I couldn't think of a more momentous way to to start a, a tradition than with beef. Um, but anyways, want to dive into it and talk of probes? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> uh, you know, we we waited to have this conversation um, because when we left uh, before Christmas last week. We were not sure when the president was going to sign this thing. Um, obviously, uh, you know, he kind of kept the whole country captivated by that in the days since, finally uh, putting pen to paper down at Mar-a-Lago uh, on Sunday night. So we do now have a, a finished product across the finish line. I have spent a lot of time this week, as I think you have as well, reminding people that it is two different pieces of this package. There is the spending bill, and then there is the COVID relief bill. And foreign aid for Jordan or whatever else and all the different things we've seen sort of in social media uh, misinformation is not COVID relief. That is part of the spending bill that goes through Congress every year and has all those different priorities in it. So maybe talk a little bit about those two different pieces of this deal um, and, and, and what we have now uh, across the finish line and, and going into law. Yeah, of course, you know, even it wouldn't be Christmas in Washington, D.C. if we weren't worried about a government shutdown. Uh, that's just how we spend the holidays every year, it seems. Uh, but, you know, just yep. prior to Christmas, the House released details of a $1.4 trillion FY21 omnibus and a corresponding $900 billion COVID relief package. Uh, the stimulus bill is targeted to provide relief to those hurting from COVID, whether it's businesses or individuals. Uh, the, the omnibus is just your regular year-end uh, or annual spending bill. Uh, you know, we had one CR uh, that got us through from um, October 1st through December. We had another seven-day CR, uh, one or two, one or two-day CRs, and now we finally got full-year FY21 funding. Um, but I think what's most exciting for people and for our producers specifically are the, the provisions within the COVID relief package, because that COVID relief package actually includes $11 billion for USDA's Office of the Secretary to prevent, prepare for, and respond to COVID by providing support to agricultural producers. And if you recall, way back when, when we did the CARES Act, which feels like a decade ago, um, that was the exact same language there. And that's how we got the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, or CFAP, as we um, maybe affectionately, not so affectionately call the program. Uh, and excitingly enough, there's additional funding specifically for cattle producers in this COVID relief package. Um, now, let me, let me stop you right there, because this has been a point where things have gotten a little bit confused, I think, uh, for a lot of folks out in the country, and understandably so. There is more money in this package for, for coronavirus uh, food assistance programs, specifically for cattle producers, about a billion four, if I recall. But 
it's being called CFAP3, and that's not really correct, right? That is correct. It is not a CFAP3. It doesn't function like a CFAP3. It's kind of confusing and super wonky, as DC does, but it's more like a CFAP1 Part 3 for all intents and purposes, and it's really intended to provide assistance to those producers who were really left out in the cold after that April 15th cutoff date. And so there'll be additional payment based on what you previously received um, through that April 16th to May 14th window. Okay, so the way to think about this then, you're telling me is CFAP1 was that original CARES Act package back in the spring. And you yes. had the, the January 15th to April 15th window, that was part one in the form that you would have filled out. And then you had part two, which was your inventory payment. This is now part three, of CFAP1, and it's going back and it's giving additional funds to producers between April 15th and May 15th on the rest of that livestock that, that they may have marketed and sold and didn't get into that, that original category on. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I believe it's April 16th to May 14th, but you know, right. we're splitting hairs here. I, I mean, there was the, the incurred loss payments and inventory payment and now this is a third payment, and that's for those producers who incurred losses and really weren't made whole by that inventory payment rate. And so but, this is some targeted relief that we've really been asking for way back when the CARES Act was enacted. But the way they're doing it, they're not gonna, they're not gonna make you show receipts or, or do anything else. It's being put out as an inventory payment. They're just using that scale like they did in the first, first round, correct? You know, that's my understanding, Ethan, but that's a really good segue to my next point. You know, Congress passed this package just before Christmas. Uh, we were all waiting and watching to see what was going to happen, you know, whether or not President Trump would sign the bill into law. He has. But, you know, USDA staff are people, too, and they all like to go on vacation and celebrate the holidays with their families. You know, we've been reaching out. We've been talking. We've been trying to make sense of all of this. But really, when Congress passes a program just before the holidays, you know, folks have to go home, they have to relax. I think they're all still trying to wrap their brains around it. So what this program will look like, how it will be implemented, how those payments will be made. You know, at this point, we have a lot more questions than we do answers. And so, you know, we at NCBA, we're, we're, we're going to get answers for our producers. We're going to keep everybody updated as we learn more. But I think we need to give the Hill, uh, excuse me, USDA a little bit of time to sort through this because they aren't just dealing with livestock payments. They're dealing with payments for a host of agricultural commodities. And then on top of that, there were also several other really great programs that were authorized in this COVID package. They're going to have to deal with implementing too. Some of that we know will take place uh, at the tail end of this administration. And then some of that is going to be punted and left to the Biden administration to implement. So, and that really is an important point on this package. I mean, in the previous rounds of CFAP funding, Congress really left it open-ended for USDA to figure out. And then this one, they've really flipped the script by giving them very specific language and formulas. And then all of these other pieces, as you said, they're going to have to sort out how to make those work. One of those that, that really is important for producers and is a big win for NCBA is the Ramp Up Act and the language that was included there. Um, you know, we were expecting, I think, to have to lobby that through the next couple of years, along with uh, some of these other processing capacity bills that we have pushed so hard for that are encapsulated in things like the Price Act. Uh, but talk a little bit about the Ramp Up Act and, and uh, what we might be able to benefit from there uh, since it made its way into this year-end package. 
Yeah, so it's more or less a modified version of the Ramp Up Act. Slightly less funding was provided than what it was originally proposed in the original, the underlying legislation. Uh, but we now know moving forward that $60 million in grants will be provided to meat and poultry processing facilities across the U.S. to allow for interstate shipment. And so that means that any existing um, state inspected facility or custom exempt facility that wants to become part of the federal inspection system and be able to sell their product across state lines will be able to apply for the grant uh, or grants through USDA. And that's, I think, tremendous when it comes to increasing competition in the packing sector, allowing for more market access, uh, you know, custom products to make their way into new markets. You know, I think hopefully it will cause uh, result in a lot of good for our industry. You know, hook space has been what feels like one of the constant themes of 2020. Um, you know, also included our two provisions uh, requiring USDA to work with states and report on ways that they can improve the existing cooperative interstate shipment program. Um, so if you become federally inspected or you decide to take part in CIS, you know, we've heard complaints about CIS, ways that the pro program can be improved upon. Hopefully this report will give us some good food for thought uh, allow us to make the necessary changes through the regulatory process, and then also provide us with some hard data moving into the farm bill process. Um, there's also a, 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 requ a requirement that USDA conduct a report on the availability of financing for new and existing meat and poultry processing capacity. Uh, you know, processing capacity is going to be a big priority of ours moving into the farm bill, I think, but, you know, certainly we can't really afford to wait until a farm bill gets across the finish line, knowing how long that process takes. And so hopefully we'll have some good hard data, food for thought during that deliberative process. But these grants getting out the door sooner rather than later are going to help us act quickly uh, and, and make changes, much needed changes sooner. So let's talk about one more piece of this puzzle. Obviously PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program is a program that a lot of our producers took advantage of. Uh, some of them in, in a couple different rounds over the last nine months. Uh, there was some movement on that on that program as well, specifically on the deductibility of expenses uh, under PPP. Talk about talk about that and what that means for our producers. Yeah, the bill includes 284 billion in a second round of PPP loans, and it simplifies the forgiveness process for any loans under a hit 150,000, which is great. Um, but more importantly, the bill specifies that forgiven PPP loans will not be included in taxable income. Uh, there had been an IRS ruling earlier this year that would have in required that income to be taxable. Uh, this legislative language is critically helpful because it's gonna allow a lot of small businesses out there to stay afloat uh, while we're still recovering from this pandemic. And you know, in addition, the bill clarifies that deductions are allowed for expenses paid with the proceeds of a forgiven PPP loan effective as of the date of the enactment of the CARES Act and applicable to subs subsequent PPP loans. So again, more relief for small businesses out there. Hopefully any of our producers that took, uh, took advantage of PPP uh, will be able to benefit from this, this addi additional non-taxation. Well, that's, uh, uh, that's another good one for us. Another win uh, in this package. This has been uh, a really interesting process to watch unfold we always sort of get these year-end priorities uh in play here at the end but but this year maybe more so than most uh because of this this wrapped up package with the coronavirus assistance along with the omni uh that included all of those other priorities you know like uh, uh like an extension of uh, of the eld uh mandate delay and some of those things that we always obviously work on uh emissions reporting requirements and others um obviously now that this is put to bed 
starting a new Congress. Um, you know, sitting here this afternoon, my, my phone is going crazy with news alerts that uh, we're going to see some kind of a uh, January 6th surprise in the electoral count uh, college counting process. I've seen several lawsuits filed this week. Um, obviously, there's going to be plenty of drama on Capitol Hill as we uh, as we head back to to regular order here next week. Um, despite all of that, you know, it's important for people to remember that the appropriations process that I feel like we've been telling them about for months and months and months now starts again right away when we get back to town uh, next week. So are you ready to dive back into appropes and, and get right back into it for next year's season? Oh, don't you know it. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, a pass back process, an internal process that happens um, each year that, you know, theoretically has already concluded. But, uh, you know, President-elect Biden has already said that he wants to, he wanted the COVID package and a, an appropriations bill across the finish line so that he could start with a clean slate. I think we can anticipate a ton of action coming out of the new Congress, the new administration. We are going to be prepared and ready to go and engage from day one. Um, you know, hopefully the president's budget will be submitted to Congress on time, which I believe is in uh, early February. And then we'll see an appropriations process play out. You know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to engage with folks in real life on Capitol Hill, uh, be sitting in those hearing rooms, watching them uh, mark up, you know, an FY22 bill. But in the meantime, uh, if it's over Zoom, we'll just have to grin and bear it uh, <laughs> with our, our camera faces on. You know, normally we'd be getting ready to to do a Hill Day uh, with our lobby team the first week back in a new Congress where we go talk to all the new members, uh, drop off beef jerky, introduce ourselves, start to make some make some uh, uh, connections with those folks. Uh, this is going to be a weird year. I feel like we're going to be doing a lot of 15 minute Zoom introductions uh, with those few members of this new class that we haven't already started building relationships with. Um, but it is going to be a strange year uh, without question. Uh, coming up here in the next is. Yeah, but you know what, even I'm grateful for our pack and for all of our producers who contribute to our pack because that really has opened up doors. It's allowed us to meet a lot of incoming candidates who are ultimately elected. I feel like we've already started establishing some really great relationships with members on both sides of the aisle that are incoming. Uh, and, you know, we just have to, you know, keep building on that. Well, and the good news is, and, and our, our pack director, Anna Lee, told me this last week, we had a 95% success rate of contributing money to candidates who won their elections in the last cycle. Uh, so uh, the NCBA PAC was dialed in and, and delivering wins for, for our producers in the last election cycle. Uh, let's see if we can do it again this time. We're excited to get started again. Uh, I'm going to let you go and get back to, uh, get back to your, your uh, week in progress. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to, uh, to talk a little bit about what we've seen happen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again at the beginning of next week. Yeah, always a pleasure, Ethan. You know, I know 2020 was a difficult year for a lot of folks listening, um, but I, you know, I, I think we've ended on a pretty good note um, between the COVID package, the omnibus, the dietary guidelines. Uh, you know, we are in a really good spot to start 2021 strong, uh, and I'm confident with the team we have in Washington, D.C., that it's going to be one of our best years yet. So thank you for having me uh, and wishing everybody who's listening a happy new year and happy holidays. I couldn't agree more. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org. And you can catch this podcast now on Spotify in addition to all the other places you might find it. Don't forget to eat beef. We'll talk to you next week.